Let's do this. Elijah, what's going on, champ? I appreciate you doing this early on a Sunday morning, man. Absolutely. It's feeling good, man. Listen, fighting out of the Sooner State, what's your favorite food from Oklahoma? I'm not going to lie. I don't really have a particular favorite being from, you know, being from the city. You know, I just kind of more so, I think Oklahoma, when I when I think Oklahoma, for me, it's, I think of family. Just because how we kind of grew up, you know, we I grew up um, on my grandparents at my grandparents' house for the most part. And it was just like a lot of land. We had a lot of land, you know, uh, cows and horses and, you know, all that, <laughs> chickens, all that stuff. <laughs> so how about after a big fight, after camp, what's your first cheat meal then? Oh, man, uh, definitely pizza. I'm a pizza guy. Pizza in Oklahoma, you got to come here to New York for the real pizza. You know that, right, champ? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I, I went – What man, what was that place I went to? Um – I went. I was in. I went to Manhattan, and I went to. Bro- I think I went to Brooklyn too. And but I think I know we ate when we was in Manhattan. I can't remember what it was called though. It was. It was. <laughs> it was fire though. <laughs> when you get here, we'll hook it back up. Now listen, Oklahoma is known for a lot of things. Do you ever go to any rodeos out there? Because I went. I went to see the Knicks play the Thunder there a few years ago. Everyone's like, you got to go to a rodeo. I didn't go to one. You mess around with the rodeos out there or no? Now, I haven't been able to make one, but the you know the Cowboys, the color is probably one of the biggest ones out there. The it's a it's a huge rodeo. It's it's packed. Now listen, you're this famous boxing guy, but you take more pride in being a girl dad. Tell me this. I know that I know the girl you like. Funniest or silliest thing she made you dress dress up as? Because you're a bad man in the ring. What does she make you dress up as? <laughs> the most embarrassing thing, champ. Let me hear. Um, it was what was it? Uh. Probably the the whole the little tea party little, <laughs> <laughs> little tea party. <laughs> Have me get dressed for the tea party. But whatever whatever she tells you to do, you're gonna do right. Of course, man. Is she aware that you're a boxer? That's like your job. Oh yeah, yeah. Like she's seven seven years old. So well, she just turned seven this past Tuesday. So yeah, she she's she's smart. She's very sharp. Every interview most people do now is what's next, what's next, what's next. But your past, what made you today is fascinating. So child of divorce and you were spending time between Oklahoma and Atlanta, right? Favorite thing about Atlanta? So we talk about Oklahoma a lot. Favorite thing about Hotlanta? It will probably be the um, the activity. I mean, it's, it's just a lot to do out here. It's, it's a very fast, you know, a very fast city and – it, it just it's a plethora a plethora of to do. You can go here, go there, go there, go there. Just you know, shopping, go play. You know, if you want to have fun, you can go. You know, there's a lot of game places, a lot of arcades, a lot of um, go kart places. I mean, it's, it's just tons of stuff to do. Your dad was a fighter, a kickboxer. Early on, did he push the fighting game into you, or you just fell in love with it early on on your own? Was it in your blood, or he's like, oh, let's let's look at this stuff. Uh, I believe both. You know, it was it was like I was always inspired by my father. Like I I was I was always he was always my my hero, my idol. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, he was a martial artist, so just seeing him, you know, kicking stuff and just being tough and strong, and you know, I was just always was I always just was admired it. And so eventually, you know, I wanted when he was messing around with me, just teaching me how to do it. I showed a natural ap- uh natural aptitude for it, and I was able like me. I didn't. You know, like a lot of kids, when you tell them to hit your hands, you know, they, you know, they, they, they really punch. No, I was, I was throwing straight punches, you know, at four or five years old. So, you know, I think he just kind of nurtured it over time. And I just, I kept, um, 
I kept retaining the information anytime I would come visit him in the summers. And I just kept getting better and better to, to the point up at the high school. He was like, son, I think you need to box, man. Like, seriously, because I was actually playing basketball. And I was really good. I was a really good basketball player. Okay. But, you know, I, I thought about it really hard. And I was like, you know what, Dad, I think you're right. Because I've always, I've always been a shorter player. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like that was going to have an effect on my future in basketball. You know, so I was like, you know what? I'd rather have, I'd rather do something where I can control the odds more so myself. You know, I don't have to rely on my teammates or anything. I want to be the one in, in the driver's seat. You're Like you said, you're a shorter guy. You played basketball. I'm assuming point guard. Who were you guys then? Who would you look up to playing basketball? Oh, man, I just love Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul, um, Allen Iverson. Those are probably my, my go-tos is to watch them every day. Now, obviously, your career is in boxing. Do you think you could have had, I'm not saying a professional career, maybe went college for it or got a scholarship for basketball? Oh, yeah, for sure. I oh, wow. think I could have got it like maybe a junior college, off, you know, to, just to pay for my education. If I had really, I me, mean, I've always been a, a hard worker. Whenever I want something, I go get it. I'm, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very um, pursuant for sure. Boxing, they said you started at eight. Obviously, you know, you're saying just throwing some punches. When did you really start getting into it? Like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, going to focus a little bit on my craft, how to fight and stuff. When did you really get into it? Um, I would say, like I said, you know, I was doing all, all those summers when I was eight. But then I really, my sophomore year in high school was when I actually was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to box. I want to box for sure. And then um, that's when I kind of started to reach the Olympic level in you know, I started with, uh, placing in national tournaments and whatnot, and then I ended up moving back to Georgia my junior year of high school, and then I finished out my junior and senior year um, down here, and I was still boxing. And then I, after that, I ended up turning professional once um, my my ex was uh, pregnant with my with my daughter. Well, that was actually my, my question because you had this illustrious grand uh, amateur career, fifty fights on the precipice of fighting for the Olympics. And then I think he came fourth. I might be wrong. And then I always thought, okay, in a few years, he's going to go represent the United States in the Olympics. But you turned pro. And that was the reason because you're, you, ha- you had a baby on the way. Right, right. If not, you think you don't went the Olympic route? Absolutely. I would have. I definitely would have. And honestly, I know, I know for, for sure I would have made the team too. I definitely would have made the team because, you know, a lot of the guys – that were in my class, you know, they all went pro. We all went mm-hmm. kind of went pro at the same time. Me, Shakur, Tiafimo, all those guys, we all went pro at the same time. So if I would have stayed there, you know, that that I would I would feel like the top tier of that talent level, you know, of that class. So I would have obviously, you know, <laughs> handled the class <laughs> that were below. <laughs> you, you turned pro in 2016 and your schedule was crazy. You fought like eight fights in like 11 months. Do you have a blueprint out there like, hey, I want to get – X amount of rounds, X amount of ring time, because you had a hectic schedule early on. Who puts that together for you? My father. It was it, it's really up up in the early part of my career. It was just me and my father, and um, you know, it, it was tough. It was really tough. You know, I, my road, even though my road was, you know, it may seem like it was pretty easy. It, it wasn't. It, it never was because um, you know, I come from Oklahoma. It's a small mm-hmm. state. You know, and I started my boxing career in Oklahoma, so. Being that it's not it's not a boxing state whatsoever, it's it's a, it's a football state. So, you know, there's not really a lot of fights. We just kind of we just luckily got tied in with with one of the local promoters there. We were real we were real uh, good friends with him. So we were able to kind of you know 
get as many fights as we possibly could. You know, um, actually, shout you know, shout out to Bobby Dobbs. Bobby Dobbs, he was a um, former promoter in uh, Oklahoma who was he used to throw a lot of fights. He was he was very probably the most active promoter out there. I was going to ask you that because it's not a hotbed like New York. There's the Golden Gloves. There's fights everywhere. There's Oklahoma. Everywhere. How difficult is it to get noticed out of there? Because the truth, let's be honest, California, yeah. Texas, you, listen, you know that. Atlanta, Miami, New York, Philly. It's like, okay, Oklahoma. It's like, huh? Like, how do you get noticed out of there? I mean, honestly, that's the thing. You, it's, it's, it's tough. You really can't. You have to venture out. And that was kind of one of those lessons that I had to learn. Well, you know, like like I said, my situation was just tough, man. You know, overall, like even, even – um, there was a difference of opinion, even on my own personal team. You know, I had my parents and me being a child of divorce, that kind of, that played a, a instrumental part in, in my life. Like, you know, I was always kind of being, being in that tug of war type of situation. Whereas, you know, one, one parent wanted to do this and the other parent went, felt like they should, I should go this way. And it was just always a, a battle of, of, you know, of direction. So, you know, with that being said, um, my father was a little bit more traditional. It kind of took him a while to really kind of understand, I mean, understand and see how the game is was evolving during that time, you know, and it, and it, and it started to become a social media game. He wasn't, he was never aware of social media. Yeah, he's not yeah. a big phone guy. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's about old school, you know, yeah. <laughs> whoever they put in front of you, you go knock them out and then they going to notice you. And my mother, you know, she's a little bit more hip and privy to that. So she was kind of like, no, we need to we need to go out and market you. We need to go, you know, show these people who you are. We need to go to Vegas. We need to go to Cali. We need to go, you know, so it was just a, a whole big um, situation at first. But, you know, I'm, I'm here. So <laughs> yeah, you, you came out. It's, it's crazy. And your first loss, two things on that. Mentally, how do you deal with that? An early loss. And part two of the question. What was the discrepancy with weight? I remember reading something about you because I've been following you for a while. And it said you, you didn't even know about the cutting weight process or you fought. What, what was that whole thing about? No, I actually didn't. I mean, you know, like I said, once again, I came from Oklahoma. It's a small state. You know, I, we, me and my father, we basically had to learn on the go. And that's why, you know, to this day, I, I, I don't believe in replacing or letting go of my father because my father was been one of the most instrumental pieces in my success. You know, he's my foundation. He's the one who taught me and, and, and taught me everything. And he's the one that nurtured me so that then now I'm, I've become smart enough to build my own, you know, to take what he's given me and create my own. But, um, but yeah, like I've, I've never fought. I, the early part of my career, I never fought. My my weight I was supposed to you know more, normally people cut down no yeah. I would buy my natural weight for the most part I would walk around about about mm, about one forty one thirty eight and I was fighting one thirty five one thirty <laughs> you know stuff like that I, you know and I was still knocking guys out you know it it was never a problem so it was just something I had to learn along the way once I uh, I stepped up in competition I, and I had my first loss against uh, the guy who his name is uh, Gio Cabrera mm -hmm. um for uh, Pitbull Cruz. You know, we and him we're still cool to this day, but you know, he he literally told me, you know, I, I have, you know, he told me he he was a natural 35. He, he didn't even make weight for our fight at 30. So it was just like, you know, I fought a, a huge guy and you know, and, and and during that time, I really should have been fighting 118 during that time. Like to be honest, cuz now I'm fighting I'm currently fighting 122 seven years into my career. Usually you go the opposite. You go up and you, you know. Exactly. Wow. exactly. So just think, I just think about it all the time. If I would have known known then, 
my body, you know, I, I'm aged. I'm 27 years old now. Mm-hmm. When I was back then, when I was 20, 21, I could have easily made 118 then <laughs> or maybe overnight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it just, just a learning, learning, learning curve, man. I had to, had to go through it. I have so many boxes on and I have a ton of athletes on. You see the jerseys behind me, whoever comes on. Boxing yeah. is a, lon- a lonely sport. You know, you're in the ring, you win. There's 80 guys in the ring. You lose, you're out for that run by yourself and stuff. So you had that one loss. Obviously, the guy was a lot taller. And then the second loss, after you you know, you knock out your next opponent, you have that loss, and you take a two-year break mentally. Because everything, listen, as a fan of boxing, it's like, oh, yeah, you run, you box. Half of it, or maybe more, is mental. So how do you how do you juggle that me- that mental hurdles? Well, I, I, I really, I just owe, owe a lot of that to my parents. Like I said, they one thing about them, they uh, my 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 parents. They're very um, unrelenting. So they're they're they they don't give up whatsoever. And I just I'm glad that that's you know one of those uh, principles that they instilled in me. You know I, I I never give up. And um, although I went through those through you know went through, took those losses and I, and I learned those lessons and whatnot. You know they I, I took a lot of a lot of self self-reflection time and I uh, I just really had to decide who who I wanted to be what I was going to do and I had to, to see you know what 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 was my purpose what what did I need to do in order to really provide for my daughter for my family at that time and you know I just had to really pull it out of myself and that's why I kind of developed this this predatory instinct this this mentality where I was just like, man, anybody I get in there with, I'm going to destroy them. Anybody I that come across me, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to leave it up to judges no more. I'm not letting nobody dictate my future anymore. I'm I'm, I'm taking complete control. And ever since then, that's kind of been that's been where my mind is at. Every time I step in the ring, it's like it's you or me. Like even and it's like I never I, I wish I always pray for my opponents before I fight. Mm-hmm. You know, all I never wish no harm on anyone, but at the same time, we are in a in, in a gladiator sport. So at the end of the day, if I have to kill you in order to reach that next level to take care of my family, it is what it is, and I don't I won't bat a tear about it. I mean, I may, I may after the fight, you know, but it just that's just what comes with this life. And it's crazy because you're mentoring this gladiator lifestyle, no other sports like boxing, and yet it's difficult for you as a boxer to be like. Yeah, I'm going through mental health health stuff. People are like, wait, you're a boxer. Like, that must be hard too, because your whole psyche is like, I'm a bad dude. I, I might kill the guy in the ring wants to hurt me. He wants to knock me unconscious. I have a daughter. I have and you're like, Yeah, I'm having mental health. So you don't even want to come out and say that. So for you coming out of that, man, that must be tough, right? Man, man extremely. That's that's one of the I think that's one of the toughest parts about boxing to me. I honestly, because yeah, like people, they 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 treat you as if you're like subhuman, like you're not. Yeah, like you, you like you can't have emotions. Like you're you're not allowed to deal with things and whatnot. Like I said, and obviously me coming from the background I have, I've never had any any um nobody tell us anything. We had to learn on the fly. Mm-hmm. That's that was just how it was. So even that second loss that I had, that was literally the worst possible camp I've ever had in life. Like I mean, literally. The, the whole camp, I was going through a separation, yeah. uh, a divorce. But besides that, I mean, literally, I got sick three times back to back, literally back to back. I, I had ended up catching the flu. So I was trying, and I, I think I had a, I had about a six or seven week camp. Okay. First two weeks, I got the flu. So, you know, I'm 
dealing with that. I'm, I'm missing days at the gym or whatever, whatever. Okay. I come, as soon as I get back in the gym, two days, for two days, I end up catching pink eye. Then I get the pink eye. So I'm out for about another week and a half after that. Then after that, I, um, I end up hurting my, I end up hurting one of my knuckles and uh, bru- bruising my knuckles. So I had to take a couple of days off that. I mean, it was just terrible, man. And, and the, the unfortunate part about it was we were told, I mean, I was told I couldn't get out of the fight. I, I, I was told when she signed a contract, you can't get out of the fight. You can't or postpone you, it. You can't think, right? That's what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, that's what I was told. I mean, that obviously, I know now that's false, but I was told that. So I was like, okay. Well, I mean, me and my father, we're like, oh, man, we just got to push. We just got to pray and, and push as hard as we can to hope we get through. And ultimately, it wasn't enough. I just didn't have enough in the in the in the um in the tank to get through it and honestly the guy that i fought i could have beat that man i could have <laughs> no. beat that guy easy man i could have beat him easy uh we fought to a majority decision and literally like i said i literally trained consistently for two weeks for that fight usually an eight to ten week camp is two weeks it's condensed and you still fought to the end and almost won yep during your hiatus that two-year hiatus dealing with all the stuff you stayed in shape but how mentally because i want to go back to that do you keep in shape like it's easy for me to go run, but when I train for the marathon, it's a lot different. I know I have to do six miles. When there's not a fight scheduled, what motivates you to like? I gotta stay in tip top shape. Well, honestly, then then that in that two years span, I actually I really wasn't. I was really more so doing a lot of mental work, a lot. Okay. Like I just I was really just trying to find myself, man. I needed to find who I like. I said who I wanted to be, where did I want to go, and, and, and you know I've always been a jack of trades, so I've I've always been multi talented at different things. I sing, rap, dance. Uh, I could I always wanted to act. I I tumble as in flipping, gymnastics, all that stuff. So I just I'm I've always been in a lot of things. So just during that time, I was just I, I really actually uh, diverged into my music a lot. I was very in, uh, into my music during that time at, while I was out. So you know I I would try to kind of see where I wanted to go with that. But then also realizing uh, that's a hard career within itself as well. <laughs> so, you know, as, as I'm going through that, I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe I need to take a step back and I just need to really reassess boxing and, and kind of see if if, if, that, if that could be the vehicle that more so opens the doorway for me to really have the life and build the life that I kind of wanted to have. And so uh, I, ended, I just remember after about a year and a half in, uh, I called my dad one day and I remember I was, I, I was crying. I cried, you know, cried to him. And I was just like, man, dad, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Like, I, I just, I, I'm stuck. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm lost. I, I just, I don't know what to do. And then he was just like, son, honestly, I just think you need to come back home. I think you need to get with me. I think you need to let me help you. Just let me, just, just trust me. And I, and I got you. And, um, so that was, that was when I had came back the first time. Uh, and then after the second time, like I said, I was real. I was really lost in. So I just kind of was was chilling for a little bit, and then miraculously, um, my man, my my current manager, he found me online. He um he ended up reaching out Seriously? to one of my yeah. He actually reached out to one of my uh one of my big homies, and um he he called him and asked him if he knew me, and then he passed his number along. So then he called me and this is and God, he's from he my manager's from Bulgaria. So obviously he has an accent. So he's like, Hello, you know, who hello, who are you? You know, and I'm kinda like, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Like, okay. So then, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, basically like, man, you're an incredible fighter and 
I, I, like, how are you not signed? And and I just told him my story. He was like, wow, man. Like, he was like, I believe in you. I, I, he was like, I believe in you, dude. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna manage you. I wanna, I wanna help you with your career. And so, yeah, first I was a little bit, I was kind of like, see, like before, a, a lot of guys, when I was having that break, I talked to many managers, a lot of managers, different guys, and they all were, were smoking mirrors. They kept, you know, oh, yeah, we can do this and do that, but then it wasn't following through, and I was getting tired of that. So, you know, it was just no different with him. I, I just, how I was thinking at that time, I was like, okay, he probably just talking or whatever, whatever, but he was serious, and um so i passed on him initially i actually passed on him and then about about two weeks later i hit him back and i was like you know what i want to do it and he was like okay let's do it and ever since then ever since he got behind me we we've been we've been to the moon well to the moon to the fact that you're a top 10 guy now in your division which is nuts when you see the espn rankings and you're top 10 that that's a different ball game because now you're in the when you get an amateur boxer reader like oh oh this guy's oh my god this guy's ranked this guy's ranked you fight Williams. Now you're on TV. Talk about headline your first fight. And I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you the honest truth here because you're one of my best friends now. We're close friends. We're gonna share pizza together. My wife's Filipino, but we weren't rooting for you your last fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if a Filipino guy fights, you, you would think that it was the Yankees playing Game Seven of the World Series. So we had to root against you. You dominated, but any pressure be on your first TV appearance? Like that's nuts. Like headline. Oh, it was. It, it was. And honestly, to to be to be very honest about that, I was nervous as all oh, get out, man. That was that was one of the most nerve wracking experiences I've ever had. Cause I've I've always wanted to fight on TV. I was I always wanted to. That was like my dream to fight on TV. So of course, I just wanted it to be perfect. I was just I was so anxious and so nervous. I was just. You know, knowing that the spotlight is literally on me, knowing that I'm on camera in that ring. So it's like as I'm fighting him, I'm I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want to I don't want to. I'm tense. I'm, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to look good and stuff. So I was in my head about the first two rounds. And um, honestly, it wasn't to the third. It wasn't to the second. At the end of the second, he caught me with a good, you know, good shot. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, kind of gave stunned me a little bit. And I'm not going to lie. After that. He really he released the the wolf out of yeah. me. The, the other side came out, and I then um um I don't know am I, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, of course. Oh well, well excuse my language, but you know what I'm saying. But I was kind of like, okay, fuck this. I'm about I'm about to kick your ass now. Now you you, you done you know now you know I'm on TV. You you just, can't embarrass me on TV. Yeah, so I, I switched I switched gears, and I was and uh, it was kind of ironic too because when I came back to the corner after the second round, my dad said, "Hey son, go get him." And he told me to switch, switch the switch style. So he said, "Go get him." I was like, "Bet, yeah, let's go." All right. So I came out the third round, just aggressive, just right on him, and then boom, we got him out in what about a minute and thirty into the third round. That performance was it was incredible, and I knew it was your first big TV appearance, headlining. Be honest with me, are you? Because you already said you're thinking about being on TV. Are you thinking about the ring walk, walking down the ring like I'm on TV now? You know, you talk to guys who have forty fights, like yeah, it's no big deal. That's your first one, like. All eyes on you walking down. Are you nervous even doing that ring walk? Yes, I was <laughs> extremely nervous, man. I mean, I just, like I said, my heart was pounding. I'm, you know, the anxiety setting in, it just everything. I'm like, ooh, man, this, this is it. This is everything that, you, that you've been waiting on, everything you prayed for, everything that this is, this is the moment right here. You know, this is, this is what, you, what you always said that you, that you wanted. So this is here. You got to take advantage of it. And it was just like I kind of was letting myself get – caught up in the moment but then like i said once he hit me with that shot 
you know, I it was he he woke me up. You know, I, I woke up and I was like, what am I doing? Like, um, you forget you forgot who you is. Like you, um, you know, I was bigger, a lot stronger. You know, so I was just like, why, why am I, why am I letting him dictate what I'm doing? And I just went for it and got him out, got him out of there. After you beat Williams, that set up that fight. How'd you get the phone call that you were headlining a fight? Like you beat Williams, you know now, like okay, this is a different trajectory. I'm gonna go up now because now I'm the elite level of it. How do they tell you you're about to headline a fight? Oh, well, actually, it was um, what, what did you say? After yeah, after I beat Tremaine Williams, then I remember I got my manager called me. He said that he said he had been spoke with the overtime. As a matter of fact, shout out to overtime boxing. Yeah, those, those guys are great, man. They they treated me so they treated me incredible um during that whole experience. But, um, yeah, uh, I just remember he called me. He said, yeah, we had been speaking with Overtime, and they're very interested in having you headline their first show. And he told me about them. I researched them, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Then next thing I know, they had a headline on ESPN and everything else. And I was just like, oh, man, this is this is big. So, you know, it just kind of all – it was just all, you know, I just took it all in. I soaked it all in, and it was just a great experience. I'm, I'm a natural showman, so – an entertainer. Like, I'm a natural-born entertainer, so – I've always loved to dance. Like I said, uh, my 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 first memories uh, of kind of like that, um, like the beginning of that was doing Michael Jackson with my dad in the living room. <laughs> you know, just practicing how to dance and stuff like that. Like so, I don't know. It just it just all kind of correlated to to that moment. How many friends and family asked you for tickets down in Atlanta? Was it out of control? <laughs> I think. I think the most annoying part was that I kept posting that the ticket link and like this is how you get the tickets and then people still kept calling me asking how to get the ticket. To get the ticket. <laughs> that was the annoying part. But you know, or or how to get it on TV. How do you celebrate that win? You win it, you're in Atlanta, which is known for its nightlife. You have family, friends down there. How do you celebrate that night? Oh well, well that night, yeah, we you know we we all went out to a to a club and okay. uh, me actually it was it was it was fun man it was actually great it was me I actually went out with my parents both my parents you know we went oh, out wow wow um, yeah I had a bunch of my close friends there my my brother all, a, a couple of my older brothers um, you know um, some lady friends and just just different people man we had a we had a ball that night you know we celebrated you wake up I guess a couple days later you see you rank tenth. In the rankings now, your ESPN rankings now. Now you're legit. Now let me ask you: How does I know early on your pops is setting up your fights? How does a fight happen now with you? Obviously, there's people, guys, you want to fight. Is it all promoters now? You reaching out? You doing social media stuff to draw? How is the next fight going to get made? Well, yeah, I mean it's a it's um it's a kind of a, a compromise of all. Like I have to do my due diligence with the social media as well, and then um of course my management they they handle handle that in, in regards to the fights um i was signed with well i still am currently but i'm going actually going through uh, a change of promotion a, as of right now but um like i said my my former promoter at that time yeah you know he was kind of help helping me as well uh get fights because um basically i i am the boogeyman of my weight class once i once i went down to the weight class i was supposed to be 122 absolutely nobody wanted to fight me mm -hmm. nobody once they seen how they seen because they you know a lot of people seen the history that i had I, like i said i was fighting up yeah. so a lot of people seen oh wait this dude was fighting 135 130 he trying to fight us at 122 
he must be big. He must, who is yeah. he? You know, so nobody wanted, and then they look at my knockout ratio. I always had a high knockout ratio. So, yeah, nobody wanted, nobody wanted that smoke at all. Nobody. And I mean, I literally, matter of fact, what was that, 2020, 2021, I believe, it was either 2021 or 2022, I had 15 declines, 15. I mean, it might have been over that, but I mean, how, literally. How frustrating is that, too? All you want to do is fight. Man. Man, I mean, I'm I'm on social media every day calling out <laughs> I'll beat your ass. Hey, <laughs> such and such. I'll whoop you. Such and such. A, I bet you won't take the fight. Such and such. Uh, I mean, I'm making videos. I'm making memes. Whatever I gotta do to, to piss these guys off to get them in the ring with me, and this and they don't. They don't care. Oh, they. Most of them are rather would rather take it to the street than take it to the ring. They like. Oh, I, I bet you when I see you outside, I'm gonna smack you. When I see you in person, I'm gonna do this and do that. And I'm like, dude, let's just fight, bro. Like, what? I'm just like, let's just fight. No, no, you just trying to cloud chase. You just trying to cloud chase and, and get money. You don't. You, I'm like, okay, all right. So just when, you're, when you're not ranked and no one knows who you are, it can be cloud chase because you'll see these random dudes. You're ranked now. You're on every site, Fox, Rec, ESPN. It's not cloud chasing anymore when you just headline the show and you're uh and and you're top ten in your division. <laughs> Is there anything on the horizon though? Anything maybe like soon? You're looking to fight a month? Maybe you're looking to hit in the ring? Um. Well, unfortunately, like I said, due to the contract dispute, I wasn't able to fight after August. That's why mm-hmm. I was hoping to end close the year out with one more fight. That's what okay. I was hoping, but unfortunately, due to that, I wasn't able to. But Things are looking up, you know, and I, I'm looking to actually uh, sign a new deal here soon. So, I, I, I honestly, you know, there's plenty plenty of offers on the table. So, you know, we just have to side through it and, and see what makes the most sense in, in, in the direction we're trying to go. And, and as far as the direction they're trying to go, the only thing in my in my scope for 2024 is world title. That's it. Is That's the only thing I'm focused on. The only thing that I'm on my sight strong is world title, getting my first world title. And I know it, it's very it's, – it's, it's going to happen imminently uh, soon uh, the, in 2024, 2024 for sure. It's definitely going to happen in 2024. You're known for your – I don't want to say outside the ring because it's not antics. Your weigh-ins are must-watch. Yes. I, I, you know, the, the, the last few have been awesome. The Louis Vuitton, the McDonald's. Is it just you or do you have a team like, oh, I got a good one today? No. And, just, and describe them for people who don't – and describe them, Champa, who doesn't know what, what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, man! It's just, it's just me and my me and my uh, my be- one of my best friends. Me and one of my best friends. We 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 basically kind of started it together. Like um, my one of my best friends. His name is Bilal Quinton. He's a middleweight. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, it kind of started with him. You know, he he um had the idea to bring a guy a step stool to the weigh-ins, and he he gave him a step stool. And so I mean, you know, like I said, we're we're brothers. Like we're close like that. You know, so basically. We was talking about it. We was like, bro, you know, cause me and him, we have our own little, I guess, little personal clique. You know, it's called the P two the P two C K, which is called the Pack. You know, he I kind of he identifies as a wolf himself. So you know, we both we both have it tatted. Oh yeah, 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 on, on both sides. So basically, you know, we were just like, man, we gonna we're gonna bring something different to the game. We are gonna give gifts to everybody we, that we fight, and so. That was just me and his thing, you know, that we created together. And so, um, you know, he did the step stool and then I did my first one was the Happy Meal. And I came with came up with the Happy Meal. And then after that, 
It just, you know, uh, he, I think, what's the next one he did? I can't remember. I think he he fought a guy named Baked Chicken, I think. And then he had some fried chicken. He was eating some fried chicken. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I like my chicken uh, fried, not baked. And then um, I, I did the, uh, what did I do? I did not gave the guy a walker. I gave the guy a, a walker because he, uh, he already had a, a pre- previous loss. And he was trying to fight me. So I was like, okay, I'm better send you into early retirement. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, it just so on and so forth. And then went to the, um, you know, once I started to gain more traction, then I just kind of, you know, and I'm and since I'm more so in the light, because he's my, my bro, he's coming more so behind me. He only has about about seven fights. So, you know, I'm kind of bringing him up, by, you know, uh, behind me. So it's kind of, I came, I became more in the forefront. So then I kind of became more of the one who started doing it more often. So then, you know, I took it and I, uh, what was the next one I did after that? Then I gave the guy, oh yeah, I gave him the Christian Louis Vuitton. Yeah, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. yeah, I gave him the heels. And then after that, then the last guy, I gave him the the thong, the, the Magic dude, Mike outfit. It is awesome. <laughs> You you mentioned the Wolfpack and dude, I'm I'm probably the most unhip dude ever. I know nothing about social media stuff like that. How, why do you spell Wolf with the three X's? It's I might be missing something, but I'm so out the loop right now. Oh no, I mean it, it was just something that I, I I wanted to be creative with. You know, um, when I like I said when I formulated this whole when I even changed my name because initially I used to go by Sweet Pea. You know, it was kind of like a. a it wasn't really Pernell Whitaker, right? Pernell, it, it wasn't really an ode to him. It was just more so like you know, of course, it was it was a, a slight inspiration though because you know he went by Sweet Pea, but um, you know, yeah, I went by Sweet Pea. My father gave me that name, and you know, um, you know, my last name is Pierce, so it, it was just fitting. And uh, everybody, everybody in the amateurs knew me as knew me by Sweet Pea. I was a you know, I, I was I was known by that name. But uh, like I said, after I. Uh, took those losses in my professional career and I just wanted to revamp myself. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have identify with that same persona. I feel like I outgrew it. I was like, I wanted to create my own something that was, that was me. So I feel like, you know, my, the wolf, uh, the wolf, that was always my spirit animal. So I kind of took that and I was like, okay, well, you know, I, in terms of the mentality, I'm, I'm on a hunt. Anybody who's in my way, I'm getting them. I don't. I don't care who you are. Whoever has the belt, whoever's in that position that I want, I'm. I'm gonna get them. And so that was like the mindset. And then the as far as the triple X, the triple X stands for unpredictability. And it and, and it stands for you know that that's, that was basically how I wanted to basically uh, categorize it was unpredictability. You don't never know what you're gonna get when you step in the ring with Elijah Pierce. I can beat you a number a number of different ways. My buddy is obsessed with boxing and he loves the, you know, the lower class divisions. And he always, he told me when I told him you were coming on, he's like, bro, he's in such a unique uh, situation. Let me know if he's wrong. If he is, I hope he is because you can fight at 122 and you got the monster, you have Fulton, you have Goodman or 126, Figueroa, Warrington, Larry. Do you feel that you can go either, either division, either weight class if you want to do? Absolutely. And I then I believe I'll beat them all. There's a lot of good fighters and a lot of good fights for you there in both those weight, weight classes. Uh, as soon as soon as I unify at one twenty two, I'm, I'm going. I'm going right up. Like I said, there's this no, nothing new to me. I've always fought up this entire time. Like I said, I fought as high as thirty five before, so I, I don't have a problem with any any class for real. I mean, I just you know, I I just know the differences of the power. I've, I've experienced all of them. So twenty two and twenty six for sure. I'm, I'm like I know I'm I'm going to be champ in both of those weight classes for sure.
You know what always impresses me about boxers? I want to know how you guys do it is in a world of instant gratification. We're sports guys. You're watching basketball. You're playing a game today. You're playing a game in two days. In boxing, it's such a long haul. I know camp and stuff, but you're already like, okay, we have this fight. You might have to wait nine, ten months for two fights to fight for the title. How do you like process that? Because like you like, I want to fight for the title. But you might have to fight one fight before the title. That's a long thing to practice patience, isn't it? Oh, I, I will tell you that's honestly probably been the most, the most, uh, probably the biggest attribute that I've had to gain for myself. Like literally, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I've always been an impatient person. I'm always a person that what I want, what I, I, I get what I want. I've always been very persistent in that in that mindset. So when I want something, I get it. So. You know, I'm used to get. You know, I, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I gotta get what I want. But you know, this is it has been humbling. It's been a very humbling experience. Where be patient, be patient. You gotta wait your turn. You gotta continue to put in the work while you're waiting. You have to. You gotta keep going, keep going, keep going. So that is it's been very humbling, and it, it's taught me a lot. Even in my just everyday life, dealing with all the uh, even personal um, circumstances that I deal with. You know, even when raising my daughter as well. You know, all this stuff. You know, and I'm. And I'm a, a a single father, you know. I, I take care of my daughter solely, you know. Um, I have my daughter full time, so you know those those things are are are, are complicated in, in, in a sense. So that patience and you know, and also you know, she's a girl, so having a, a different sex, yeah, uh, you know, it, that's also a, a comp, you know complicated thing. So I have to. There's so many things that I had to learn about myself. I had to teach myself uh, 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 as well, and just you know continue to evolve you mentioned the wolf pack you're like the one-man wolf pack boxing's a lonely sport you're raising a daughter she's gonna have questions soon i don't know how you can answer those questions champ that's so far out of our realm you know man i just I, at the end of the day only thing i can do man is just is, is, is be honest and and, and teach her i, I just want to make sure she's well informed that i feel like that's the best thing that honestly i could do uh at this point and just make sure she's very well informed i i, I never want my, I never want my child to ever experience a problem and not know how to deal with that problem. To whereas she ends up making some crazy decision because she she has no idea how to deal with it. So you know that's my job as a teacher and as a father is to make sure that she's well rounded, make sure she knows you know um, she she's disciplined, make sure that you know she's you know just make sure she's all all the way <laughs> all the way you know covered. Are you a fan of boxing? A lot of guys I have on boxing guys. They'll watch the big fights. They'll watch a big heavyweight fight. Are you a fan of boxing? Do you have any appointment watching? Like, oh shit, so and so's fighting. I have to watch him. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely a fan of boxing, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like a, a fanatic or anything like that. I would say that I'm, I, I, I watch with a purpose. I watch with intent. I'm very intent with what I do. Everything I do is very intent and minded. Like so when I watch boxing, I'm looking for certain things. I'm looking to to learn certain things. Or if I if I stumble upon something, I'll gauge it and I'll kinda hmm okay, I could pick that up. I could okay. I could do that. Oh wow. that's that's something that I could add to my game. Oh, that's something that I could use against an opponent. You know, it's just being able to to identify certain things. Now, that's kind of how more so how I go. That's kind of how I was able to create my style. Just picking it from different things, from different it's people. Just, yeah, just being observant and just watching. Like me, I kind of watch a – I like to watch guys who are more flamboyant, guys who are who fight more so out the box. Like, 
of course, a lot of a lot of people. I love to attribute my style to Emmanuel Augustus. A lot of people try to attribute my style to him. You know, it, it's not just you know. It, it's I get I get why too yeah. because I do a lot of dance. Like I actually dance fight and um, you know things like that. So I could see the the comparison. But at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of different techniques that I add into my my style. And um, like I said, I love uh, of course Floyd. Floyd, he's always a, a great technician. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard, I watched him uh, very heavily. Um, Orlando Canizales, uh, that was old a, school, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely old. You know, old fighter whose movement was very underrated. I mean, his movement was incredible. Uh, Salvador Sanchez, um, Henry Armstrong, I love Henry Armstrong. He's that's my favorite in, uh, uh, inside wow. pressure fighter of all time. Um, and you know, just just learning, man. Honestly, I got hip to a lot of that. But I don't know if you are familiar with uh, Floyd Schofield. Uh, he's a Golden Boy, Golden Boy's uh, top prospect right now. But uh, yeah, me and he, he's a, he's always basically was like a little brother to me. You know, I, I, he grew up grew up in the same gym as me. You know, he's oh, okay. Get, you know, and I kind of would you know show him some things and whatnot. So you know, he's always like a little bro. So now that he's older, his father, you know, his father, I was able to go and camp with them. At one point, you know, he he's like I said, he's Golden Boy's top prospect. So I went to camp with them for one of my fights and they gave me a lot of a, a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge that kind of opened opened up my IQ. And, you know, it also served me to be able to add to my style and, and learn different techniques. So, you know, credit to them. Shout out to them. And uh, yeah, man, you, you know, it's funny. I don't know if it's funny. A lot of boxers, not that they peak early on, they know what they know by the time they turn pro at 18, 19. Because of the your you know, your rise to the top, you're still learning and you still want to learn. You're not like, bro, bro, I know that. You still you're like an open book. You want to keep learning. And that's why I think your game is just getting better and better. Because a lot of these dudes, they're top prospects at 19, at 20, they everything's already blueprinted out for them. They already know, same managers. You're still learning everything, man. That must be fun to keep picking stuff up. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you're you're never never too too old to learn anything. You know, knowledge is knowledge is timeless. You know, and that's what you want. You want infinite knowledge. If you can if you can gain infinite knowledge, that means that you're one of the most powerful people on earth. You know what I mean? So that's what it's all about, man. Just being able to continue to learn and continue to evolve, become ready better. To, ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? No problem. You and I are at a bar here in New York City. You want to impress everyone in the bar? Who's the coolest dude in your phone? That if you texted them, they would text you back. You got a name drop here. Oh, <laughs> oh, probably my guy, my guy, uh, Brian Callen, uh, from the. Uh, he's an a actor from um, uh, The Hangover. He he was in The Hangover and a bunch of other. That's a great movies. answer. Yeah, that guy. That guy's awesome. Shout out to Brian Callen, man. Great guy. That's a good answer. How about this one fight in history you wish you could have witnessed live, front row at any fight in the history of boxing. Oh, Dev. Uh, what was that? The uh, uh, was that the Rumble in the Jungle? Oh, uh, Ali versus uh, Foreman. Or that was that was a thrill in Manila. No, no, um, that was the Rumble in the Jungle. And ironically, I was just in the Congo uh, three weeks ago, and I was at that stadium. Wow, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> and obviously, obviously, this podcast is about you. No one cares about me. But I was when I did the tour of the stadium. There was an old dude there. Only spoke French, and my tour guide was uh, spoke French, and uh, he had the ticket stub. When we hang up, I'll text it to you. He had the ticket stub from the fight. He worked the fight 
back there. It was crazy when Ali fought Foreman. Wow, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that, to see that crowd. Because, you know, oh. you've seen it kind of reenacted in the movies and whatnot, but, like, to just actually experience that, hear the crowd change, you know, Ali, boom, yeah. Yes. You know, all that stuff, just really seeing the support of the people and just the energy, I, I would have loved to have witnessed that just in, in live that would have been that's, that's a great answer when we hang up i'll send you some pictures from there how about this coolest piece of memorabilia that you own mm-hmm. uh i had man 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 with it uh i had some gloves signed by i don't know I've, I've met so many fighters now it's just, <laughs> it, man it's, i'm trying to remember uh piece of memorabilia piece of memorabilia well, honestly, no. I, I'll probably say my 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 father. He from my I think it was my 18th birthday. I believe he gave me he gave me his whole collection of boxing memorabilia. It was a bunch of I mean I mean tons of boxing magazines from all throughout the, from the 60s, 50s, 70s, 80s. Like it just all from different years. Just a bunch of different magazine, ring magazines, all that. And like it it, it it was dope. It was just this whole little collection. And it so, comes from your pops, so it, it means a lot more. How about this? Exactly. One, one arena or stadium or venue you dream about fighting in? You're going to walk down the aisle where? I don't, I'm not going to lie. I kind of – I always wanted to fight at uh, in Dubai. I always wanted to fight in Dubai okay, okay. Or, or at Madison Square Garden. Even though, even though I'm, I mean, I've, I've only been to New York a seldom amount of times, but – I've always it, it's crazy because like I've always connected well with with people from New York. Like people from New York love me. Like and I've always like a lot of my closest friends to this day are from are from New York. I got friends from the Bronx, from Brooklyn, from Manhattan, from all the from all boroughs. You got you got to get back out here, man. Come on. Now I want to, man. I I, I really do because I actually uh you know I, I have several like I said several even boxing companions. You know well. I know Bruce will, I think Bruce, I think he's in Vegas now, but I know Bruce Carrington, you know, he was out there, yeah. you know, you know, had a couple other uh, homeboys out there. So I was, you know, wanting to come get some work, but I think he's in Vegas now. And but, how about this last one, last time you, Elijah Pierce, asked someone for a picture or an autograph? I, I asked someone for a picture autograph. Yeah. Uh, oh, at the, okay. It was at the, um, I went to, uh, over, overtime boxing, they, they had me go to a celebrity game to kind of, okay. you know, do some press. You know, for for the fight leading up to that last fight in uh, August fourth against Mike Planier, and uh, I, I got to meet. Um, I met a lot of celebrities, but I I, I think uh, most importantly, I had got to meet uh, Nick Cannon. And uh, Nick Cannon, he's always I, I was really mad because Nick Cannon, like he's always been like a big, a huge influence to me. You know, he's a young black entrepreneur. Well, you know, and he he was just you know and he he's done a lot that I feel like isn't necessarily recognized as much as it should be, you know, for him to have been that young and been, yeah. as, you know, prevalent in, in, in Hollywood as he's been, uh, and, and what he's done for, for the game more so in, in, in entertainment. Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to speak with him. He was a great guy too. Real humble, nice. That's you know, a good I, answer. Yeah. I brought, I brought my mother, uh, it was her birthday as well for, you know, so, you know, he took pictures of my mother for a birthday. You know, he was just a great guy. My daughter got to meet him and he took pictures of my daughter. I mean, it was just cool, man. He's a, he's a great guy. I just wish I would have told him, you know, I got a little nerve. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who likes to approach yeah, I know, uh, yeah. celebrities uh, often because, you know, I know they're out there, they're bombarded a lot, you know, and they, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for them to get privacy a lot. So I never like to really overreach and try to step into their, you know, to their uh, face. But 
I just wish I would have told him the uh, the influence that he had on me and how much I actually appreciate him for what he's done. Like, but I mean, I know I'll eventually meet him again and talk to him again. So I'll, I'll get to do that eventually. Champ, this was an absolute blast. We'll link up of getting you to New York. Let me know when your next fight is. I'll walk down the aisle if you want. Just, um, dude, plug all the links. Plug where you're selling merch. Plug everything right now because, dude, you are – you know this. 2024 is your year, bro. I cannot wait. And just plug everything, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, cop any merch, uh, merch from me, um, you can uh, find it at hoopfiends.com, uh, H-O-O-P-F-I-E-N-D-S.com. Um, and yeah, who fiends, you know, there's a special, uh, you can get, get a piece from the, from the, uh, wolf collection and, um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to a big 2024, a huge 2024. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm closing in on this deal, you know, then I'll be able to talk. I, I, I would love to, you know, be able to share, but you know, like I said, I'm, I'm waiting, but eventually, you know, we'll get back on, man. And I'll be able to kind of advertise it and, and tell people what, what's coming as far as the direction. And I mean, when it comes to who I'm trying to fight. I want, like, to anybody who has a title, anybody who can get me to the title, I- I'm ready for them all. You know, I love MJ, it. I love it. Mar- Mar- what's the name? Mirage Mar- Mar- mm-hmm. and Akhmadiliev. He just fought last night. You know, I I'm, I'm, I have very, very, very high interest in fighting him. I mean, really, anybody at the any top five at 122 right now could, could I, I would, I would beat them. I beat them all. And, and which I, makes sense because no you're, you're nine and ten, so that's moving. That's not you're fighting someone crazy. You're moving up a few fights. That's it. Exactly. Any of those guys, I'm ready for it right now. They can give them. They can give them to me, and, and, and we're gonna beat them. So, like I said, I just you know everybody stay tuned, and I, I appreciate you know you having me on, bro. Like I said, you actually one of the better one of the better uh, interviewers that I've been on with. So I appreciate oh, I appreciate you. that, man. Thank you. And um, yeah, man, it, it was great, dude. Don't go Hollywood on me, man. We'll keep in touch. All right. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> no yeah, we'll see you later, brother. <laughs> all right. Bye bye.